Welcome to the Managing the Smart Mind podcast with your host, Coach Kramer. This is episode 30 about the one word you need to eliminate from your vocabulary. Welcome to this third and final part of a trilogy on how the language you use can both undermine and support you and how to make sure it's a latter. And in the first part of this series, we looked at the wrong way to ask questions and how you should approach that instead. In the second, did a deep dive into inner chatter, which is a massive topic by itself. Uh, And we looked at how it shapes both your identity and your experience of the world in a kind of continuous, mutually influencing dance and how important it is to take charge of that. And today, in this final part, I will talk about the one word you need to absolutely eliminate from your vocabulary and why. It's not failure. It's not impossible either, although you may want to give that one a wide berth as well. It's a verb and it is making you miserable, I guarantee. It compares the way you are right now, in this moment, with different ways you could be or have been. And it leaves you feeling like a failure. Have you guessed what it is yet? If not, my question may have actually prompted you to think it. You may be thinking, I should have figured this out by now. Yep, that's right. The constant undermining force of everything you are doing, have done, All the things should is the one we're looking at. Should needs to be banned. Should encourages your brain to constantly create parallel possible universes with much improved versions of you. Possible worlds in which you are a better human. You're better off. You have better relationships. You have a better character. You're much more disciplined. You do all the things. You stick to your schedule. You're nice to everyone. And you always feel amazing. And in that way, you make the real you, right here, right now, wrong. You make it a lesser version, inferior, or even a failure. Now, we use shoots to make us wrong in the past, and we use them in the present. So let's look at the past first. Because we don't just ruin our present, right? We applies you to kind of retroactively feel bad about our past. I should have done that differently. I shouldn't have wasted so much time. I should have been nicer or smarter or fitter. I should have taken the other road. I should never have trusted her. I shouldn't have married him. I shouldn't have bought the house. I shouldn't have sold the house. I should have traveled more. I never should have taken that job. What was I thinking? This is fun, right? I mean, this (laughs) makes you feel so miserable and so bad about your life. And basically, you're telling yourself off for something that's already happened. There is 
nothing you can do about it. Yet we do this all the time. It's insane. I should have said that better. I should have created a more interesting podcast. I should never have gone to that party. I should have put my foot down. Shoots about the past. Tell your brain to create an alternate story, a possible reality with which you then get to compare yourself and then you can't help but notice how much you fall short. Should is basically the ultimate compare and despair tool, right? Just this simple verb. It makes you compare yourself with a different version of yourself, with other people, right? I should be more like them. And it makes you miserable. You compare yourself with an idealized past, an idealized self, idealized others. And that is not the best way to make yourself feel good about your life. And we also do this in the present, right? When we should in the present. I should try harder. I should lose that weight. I should call my mum more often. I should be making more money. I should be married by now. Can you see how the mind uses should to paint that picture of how things should be differently and then hold it against your actual situation, like, you know, not being married, to show you how you fall short? It's not at all constructive. It's horrible. (laughs) Imagine you have a child and you're constantly saying, you know, you should work harder, you should study harder, you should be better at soccer, you should be nice to your friend, you should be nicer... To granny, actually, I'm thinking as I'm saying this, some parents probably say that. Okay, if that's you, I would strongly advise you to stop that, right? Don't should on yourself and don't should on other people. And I'll give you a list of the most common and the most insidious shoulds because we kind of have categories. The first one is I should be there already. And this is where you... Tell yourself you should be at a certain stage. You should have reached a certain goal. You should have made the 100K. You should have run the marathon. You should have lost the weight, etc. So you should have mastered the language. Whatever it is you're aiming for or working towards, you're telling yourself you should be there already, making, again, yourself wrong in the moment and falling short. Second category is I should be more like him, her, them, right? Where you're comparing yourself to other people who are amazingly successful, attractive, have their stuff together, all the things, right, that you think you don't. The third kind of category is, I should know or understand this by now, right? I should have got over this. I should have figured this out. Again, you haven't right? Why beat yourself up using that should? And the fourth one is also really mean. And that one is about the way you feel. I shouldn't be so sad or anxious or confused. And basically any emotion you perceive as negative. And this is where you you make yourself wrong for feeling, which again, is very, very mean. But we're also used to thinking and saying those should constructs that they seem normal. They are not, right? <laughs> let's let's unnormal them. Let's denormalize them because they're really, really bad for you. So how do you get rid of the shoulds? How do you eliminate them? When they're about the past, it's actually incredibly simple. 
Because whenever your brain offers you a shoot about the past, like, I should have done that differently, you simply respond with, no, I shouldn't. How do I know? Because I didn't. (laughs) Seriously. So I'll say it again because your brain might be going, what? (laughs) I should have done that differently. No, you shouldn't. How do you know? Because you didn't. Now, does that mean you don't take any responsibility for your actions? No, of course not. If you did something in the past you don't like, you can still decide that you don't like what you did. And you can even see if you can make amends. You can decide to learn from it going forward. But don't should on your past. It's useless, right? You did what you did. Accept it because that's the way it is. When your shoulds are about the present, there's kind of two categories that I'm going to look at. There's the do shoulds and the be shoulds. And when you're indulging in action shoulds, the do shoulds, the shoulds about something you should or shouldn't do, here's how it kind of works. Let's say you think something like, I should call my mom more often. It's about an action, right? Now, you have two options. You can check in with yourself and ask, do I want to call my mom more often? And if you do, just replace should with want. Say, I want to call my mom more often and then call your mom more often. But if you don't actually want to call your mom more often, get curious. Because why do you think you should? And usually the answer is something like, so I can be a good dot, dot, dot. Right. So I can be, in this case, a a good daughter and in other cases, so I can be a good entrepreneur, employee, parent, friend, partner, all the things. We all have rules, partly cultural and partly made up by ourselves, about what a good daughter, employee, parent, friend, all the things, what it looks like, how they show up. And when there's a should, those rules are usually driving your thinking and not what you actually really want. So let's make them explicit. Underneath... I should call my mum more often, are probably these underlying beliefs. Good daughters call their mothers often. And I want to be a good daughter. Now, once you know that, you can check. Do you actually subscribe to these beliefs? Or is there room to disagree? Do you, deep down inside, beg to differ? Because maybe a good being a quote-unquote good daughter isn't high on your priority list right now when you think about it. For example, if you're currently struggling with burnout and, you know, your mom can wait. And of course, you can also question the idea that good daughters are always calling their moms. Do they? Says who? Right? And this work takes some time. It takes curiosity and honesty. But usually once you start inquiring, the entire should falls apart. Either you want to do something or you don't. There's never a should unless you're subscribing to implicit rules, right? So you want to make those explicit, look at what's underneath and then decide whether you even subscribe to that. Let's look at another common should to explain. I should lose some weight. Now this is a sentence I actually thought and said to a coach a couple of months into the pandemic, because 
No, we were in lockdown and I started to gain weight. And I thought she was going to coach me on, you know, how I could start taking action. But she blew my mind by asking, why? Do you even want to lose weight? Is that your biggest priority right now? Some amazing master coach there coaching me. And no, it wasn't at all a priority. At that time, what I really wanted was to find room for all the feelings I was feeling about the pandemic, about keeping my family safe as best I could. And I wanted to focus on keeping to keep building my business despite everything that was happening in the world. So I was actually fine with a couple of extra kilos at that time. Once I started to think about it and I started to question my underlying belief, like when you gain weight, you immediately want to and need to lose it again. My brain told me I should lose those kilos because then I'd be like a better me. But I was the perfect me in that moment with the perfect weight at that time. Now, the other shoes are existential. They're shoes about your way of being. And they are just as easily dealt with as shoulds about the past. When your brain offers something like, I should be more calm, the only correct response is, no, I shouldn't. How do I know? Because I'm not calm. (laughs) It's that simple. Because you want to be in integrity with yourself. You want to always honor what and who you are right now. As Byron Katie says, when you argue with reality, you lose always. So stop with the shoulds already. Start noticing how often you say or think them. You can even enlist the help of loved ones if you're finding that hard, right? Just ask them, listen, if I shoot all over myself, can you just tell me? (laughs) Let me know, because this is something I want to change. And then, once you're aware of them, you're noticing them, you can neutralize them in the way I've talked about. Please, never, ever again make yourself feel bad by projecting an idealized version of yourself, whether it's past or present. And if you do, don't worry, because that's just the way it is, and you can try again in the next moment. Have an amazing week. I'll see you in seven days. Bye-bye. smart human probably listening to this podcast because you want to learn how to manage that smart mind of yours and the first step is actually getting your bearings doing a little brain audit and I have the perfect tool for that the mapping your unique brain workbook and you can actually download it for free at www.coachkramer.org slash brain map. So that's coachkramer.org slash brain map. Go check it out.
and play with it and take your first step to managing your smart mind. Mm-hmm.